0: It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Gobert puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is caught for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he! What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome to another episode of Cause Monday here on The Hive Sports, thehivesports.com. Be sure to follow us at The Hive Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well, as you can find a lot of awesome content from Dan and uh, the other writers who put in a lot of time and effort to uh, cover the Cougs, Utes, and Aggies across the state. But um, today, um, obviously, is Cause Monday. We're really excited because we have a special guest with us. Um, We have Calvin Johnson hanging out with us today. Um, And I was going to let Calvin introduce himself a little bit. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. No,
1: thanks Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, so just my name's Calvin, obviously, you know, grew up here in Utah. It was always within kind of shooting distance of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We moved around a few times, uh, but usually up around Utah County and, you know, grew up a big BYU fan, a big football fan. Um, I've done... You know, football and basketball throughout high school. And, uh, yeah, I'm just very happy to have you. Uh, <laughs>
0: very happy to be on the pod here with you today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Just for um, fans who are wanting to follow you on Twitter, um, where what's the best place to, to connect with you there on Twitter?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter. It's at CJ Real Hoops one So C Excellent. as in Charlie, J as in Johnson, Real Hoops one
0: Excellent. Thanks so much. We always... Just like to give a little bit of background on how you became a BYU fan and everything that way. So it's good to know that you grew up in Utah County and and kind of were connected that way. And then uh, hopefully everybody gives them a follow because we've had some awesome conversations on Twitter. But um, today we're going to be diving pretty deep into just the weekend's events. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the South Florida game, some of our takeaways from that. Um, We also want to talk about Baylor Romney. Um, who we were a little bit surprised with, um, just taking over the reins for who we thought might be starting in Jaron Hall all week. The the Cougs kept that pretty tight to the hip, I guess. At least for me, I, I kind of was uh, not totally blindsided, but a little bit caught off guard. And now, then, it kind
1: of uh, came, you know, it was something that we suspected. I think we all had an idea that it could happen from the time that Jaron Hall took that hit against Arizona State. Yeah. But uh, like you said, it was something that we just didn't really expect or know 100%, probably at least for me, until about 20 minutes before kickoff, honestly.
0: Yeah, I know. There's that WordPress thing that had been passed around. And I I know it's from like, I can't remember the site, but it's something like Loyal Cougars or RoyalCougars.net. And I was like, I don't know. And it just seems a little odd that they would have something that nobody else has announced, but apparently they were on the ball. So, um, it was good to see Baylor, though, and so we'll talk a little bit about Baylor and, and his uh, first start this season, but um, third overall, and then also we'll talk about the name, image, and likeness deal um, that the women signed, and then we'll, we'll cap it off talking a little bit about, that, about the Aggies, but um, just kind of to get going, um, Calvin, what were your thoughts um, going into the, Florida, uh, the South Florida game? Um, what were you kind of expecting from the game, and um, after the game, how were, how were you left feeling?
1: Okay, so, I mean, the first thing we need to understand is it is extremely difficult to win your first fur games in college football. You know, even just flashing back to last season, it was UTSA. BYU only wins that game at home by seven. Yeah. So, coming into this game, you know, coming off three big P5 wins, we're obviously thinking really highly, and Vegas sets the line initially at 23 for BYU. It ended up going down just before kickoff with injury news, but generally speaking, we're all going into this game pretty confident, but it's still college football. You know, Bowling yeah. Green beat Minnesota yesterday, has I think 29-point dogs um, at Minnesota. So I came into this game cautiously optimistic, let me say that. Yeah. came into this game thinking this is one BYU should win, but... I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. And then, of course, yeah. BYU jumps out to a 21 to 0 lead. I'm like, okay, I was wrong. This is going to be <laughs> a 50 point blowout. And typical of like most games of this year, at some point, that momentum is just dissipates. Yeah. Um, and all that momentum goes away. And USF maybe starts to make you think that this might turn into a ball game. Yeah. And, you know, that's called football for you. Injuries are going to be part of the game. I didn't think anyone expected injuries to be as big of, of this particular game as ended up being. I feel like it was something where BYU just needs to find a way to stomp down when they have that momentum, really needs to not let these things, little mistakes, just derail the train. A win is a win. Win four games in college football, it is an achievement. I'm happy. Bru fans should be happy. But I feel like there was a lot of things that need to be fixed if if it all comes down to it, if we're going to continue on this winning streak.
0: And I totally agree with you on that. I, I think there's some, I don't know, like you mentioned, there's some cautious optimism. It's going to be a win. Maybe it won't be close. I actually... It was interesting because I I had followed South Florida a little bit from the beginning of the season. I watched that huge blowout against NC State. And we're like, well, I mean, this team might be garbage. NC State might be garbage. But, yeah, you know what I mean? They get blown out. And then they come the next week and they, I mean, 42 to 20 against Florida. And you're like, okay, maybe they they kind of figured some things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against, I mean, a top 15 team in Florida, I believe, at the time even. Um, So just, I mean, a little bit there that kind of makes you – you wonder, and then they go and play Florida International and they win 38 17. And you're seeing this steady improvement. But something that I was noted during the Arizona State game that I think was kind of overlooked by BYU, and then listening to some of the post game, I kind of feel like it, uh, some other aspects were overlooked is the speed that South Florida had. Um, and that was before the game, I'm looking at this team and I'm saying, this is probably, even though Arizona's fast, this team top to bottom, it has to be the fastest team that BYU's played year to date and I'm just looking at this and I'm like guys like I feel like this could be a lot closer like I'm cautiously optimistic and everybody's like no this is a blowout this is a blowout and I was like no I really think it's actually going to be a lot closer and then like you said they go out to the 21-0 lead and it's like okay maybe they really are but then in the second half with those adjustments that they made and then showing the the zone read kind of with the the option look that BYU hadn't prepped for it really took them to the woodshed. Honestly, in the second half, our defense was gassed. Our drives were too fast. We had scored too quickly, and it left the defense on the field a really long time. And in the end, you see the result that we have, which is still a win. A win is a win. We're happy for the win. We're four um, zero, but it kind of just left that sour taste for a lot of fans, myself included, at parts. But then I kind of looked back and I was like, "This is what I expected. Why am why am I feeling like this? No, this this is perfect. BYU's four zero, and that that's kind of where I left feeling. I don't know. Maybe your thoughts were different, but.
1: I mean, yeah. You talk about the speed you had, you know. When I mean, you're looking at the schedule at the beginning of the season, and I told you that BYU would run into a dual threat QB who, by the second half, would just be pushing BYU with his arm and his legs. Would you think I was talking about J- Jaden McDaniels, or would you actually think that I was talking about uh, Jimmy McLean. Timmy McClain? Timmy McClain. The fabulous freshman, right? Yep. I don't think you can ever underestimate just how much speed is, comes comes out of the Sunshine State. Um, I, I tweeted this out going into game week. By you going into this game, all time was just three and seven against the state of Florida. Yep. Of course, one of those is the huge biggest win and the biggest upset win, arguably in program history over Miami. The other two were UCF. And then pretty much every other time BYU played a team, country, speed kills.
0: You know, Florida
1: State just dismantling BYU multiple times over the last couple of decades. And we saw it again. Now, the difference is this time, this time BYU had enough talent to overcome a discrepancy of speed. Yep. I think that's really going to be something that BYU fans are going to take from this game is BYU doesn't have to be the fastest team, doesn't have to be the strongest team, they just have to play their game, and that's what they did, and ultimately they won, you know, they made it a little bit scary, they made it a little bit close, but a win's a win, and now they have a huge game on the horizon.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I'm super stoked for the game this weekend against Utah State. and I think BYU will, will show a little bit um, different look. Um, I think Utah State's, I mean, under Blake Anderson's done a really great job adjusting and things that way. But I think BYU will show them a different look than even what they've seen um, with Washington State and Boise State, which to them are their two, I mean, the two games that they, um, I mean, Boise obviously is a loss, but two games that they kind of set their hat on of how they performed 440 yards. I think it was of total offense and to only put up three points. It's like, well, that doesn't really tell the full story, but I, I think Utah state and BYU is a really good matchup. I think it's a great kind of bounce back game for the Cougars. And I really liked your point, like Florida, the, the three and seven record against the state of Florida is something that BYU fans kind of, I felt like we're overlooking during the week. And, Um, as just a a fan who's kind of uh, been there during the Florida State loss um, during the Bronco Mendenhall era when they just torched us. And then uh, having the close loss to UCF uh, prior and then seeing last year where the offense really kicked in gear, I I would say the defense didn't let us down completely. We left them on the field way too long for, for such speed and everything that way, and they made great halftime adjustments. I think in general, though, I, the offense is what kept us in the game, and that's kind of what I, I, I wanted to see. Um, I wanted to see points put up, and the, the blocked field goal bugged me a little bit. Um, I think it was just kind of, like you said, a momentum swing, some, um, some energy that, that BYU wasn't showing. It kind of felt like they let the foot off the gas on the offense, and then they started to pick it back up. I mean, um, almost every drive ended in, in scoring uh, other than the one punt and then the drive um, with the blocked field goal. Um, but, and then I guess the, the last drive, which, um, was running out the clock, but overall they were scoring points on these drives and moving the football, getting, um, big chunk yardage plays. And, um, some of these things that have, have made BYU, I guess, get back on track to where they were in the glory days of the eighties and nineties with, um, putting up a lot of points and then the defense doing what it needs to do. The bend, not break <laughs> mentality, you know, um, but I, it was good to see them them beat South Florida because technically we were, I mean, not technically, we were 0-1 against them. That loss a couple years ago where they um, came back after we had the early lead, it kind of was feeling that way again. It felt like that, that game in, in aspects. But you hold on for the win and you say, okay, we're 1-1 against South Florida. We're now 4-7 and against the state of Florida. I think there's a lot of positive takeaways from that and in, in all. Um, I want to know what your thoughts were, though, on Baylor. Baylor Romney getting the start. Um, what did you see kind of from Baylor and, and what were your feelings overall from from his um, level of the game?
1: Uh, so Baylor Romney can get it done. You know, he's proven that time and time again. From the first time he beat Boise State, what was that now, 2019? 2019, uh, yeah. Man, that COVID year just throws everything off in my head. That really does feel like last year to me. Yep. Uh, but what a weapon BYU has to know that, next man up mentality at the most important position on the field. Yep. The second Baylor stepped on the field, the second it was announced that he was, you know, going to be the man last night. I did not feel any trepidation. That does not happen. Usually when you lose a QB, particularly a QB of Jaron Hall, um,'s caliber earlier this season, um, yep. it's a unique weapon to have. And from that very first drive, I believe it was when, uh, Baylor found his, his brother Gunner on yep. the deep single high post, and Gunner makes that really nice outreach catch. The second you yep. saw that, you're like, okay, he's got timing down. This isn't going to be a backup QB who has no game reps and comes in and can't figure out routes, can't figure out timing. It helps that his brother is catching. But <laughs> even yeah. Kuka Nakura and uh, Neil Pau, these two throws – it was like they'd been playing with Baylor all year long. Yep. Uh, That just leaves the question, I guess, Jake, is how good health rise, you know, on a scale between 1% to 100%, what percentage does Jaron Hall have to be for him to actually be comfortable, for the coaches to be comfortable putting him back in the lineup? Um, Yeah. That's the question you're going to have to weigh with Baylor-Romney. It's a good problem to have, but it does create kind of that, interesting situation in my mind i don't know who the starter is going to be at utah state uh, yeah that, those are some of my thoughts in general bailiff great game 300 passing yards three tds no interceptions, no mistakes i could never ask for anything more from a backup qb that's just fantastic yeah, and... problem to have
0: no it is a great problem to have i i think to your question um my So Baylor, after the game, said in a press conference, I believe it was, he said he doesn't feel like the starters should lose their job due to injury. And based on just the sentiment from Kalani and, and his conversations throughout the week, it, it seemed like Jaron was experiencing a little bit of pain, and it didn't make as much sense with how well Baylor could perform to play him, right? And that's kind of how they made that decision. Um, I think BYU, I don't know if they um, – For lack of a better word, maybe they put their eggs in one basket saying, okay, we can rest a lot of our guys that are banged up against South Florida and we can still have the outcome we want. Um, We know we can execute our game plan. And, I mean, you see that with um, Mahe uh, on the defensive line. You see that with Batty on the defensive line. Um, You see that with – I mean, even – some of our um, two and three deep guys getting a ton of game reps against South Florida. Um, you had Alden Tofa in there. You had a bunch of these guys that you were expecting to see maybe if we were in a blowout, but you're seeing them even in um, that first half and second half, just getting in the rotation. And it made me, made me think a little bit that it was part of the game plan, no matter what, to get some of these younger guys, Josh Wilson and, and other guys on the defense side, especially um, reps. And then, I mean, you see, like we talked about, um, you see some of these other guys that get injured during the game and you're like, okay, well, unintentionally, maybe some of these other guys on the offensive side and defensive side are getting reps. You see Summers go out you see Haas go out and you see um, Caleb Hayes go out. And so BYU is kind of at this point, oh, man, we're getting a lot of attrition from our depth. But then in the postgame, Kalani then said, you know, everybody's available to play, which has kind of been his mantra. And we'll play whoever's healthiest. And we have a lot of depth. And that's kind of where he went back to. And it kind of gave me the feeling of I think Baylor is good enough to to start you know, no matter what any week. Right. They, they believe in Jaron, number one obviously. um, But if he's not 100%, they're going to go with Baylor. Um, But they're going to base it off of how well they're feeling. And if he can practice on Monday and he's feeling good, they're going to start Jaron. And then if something changes, they'll be okay with Romney. And If something changes Romney, they're okay with Conover. And that's kind of just how it goes. But from what Kalani was saying and and just from the general sentiment, I do think um, it'll just depend on, I mean, they're all available. All of them can play. Um, but it they'll kind of gauge, I guess, in the game plan. Do we absolutely need him to play? And then how comfortable is he throwing and getting things that way, um, getting a ball out of his hands? That's kind of how I think they'll make that decision. But uh, I could be very wrong because I I was very wrong, I guess, with some of the people they held out this week. <laughs> but, I think we all are. Those are just surprising
1: scratches, and then those injuries stacking up um, over the exact game. It, it could be a very interesting lineup and depth release for BYU's next game. I'm, I'll just say that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I want to point out one thing that kind of bugged me about the offense, um, and you might have noted this as well. Um, Baylor was getting the ball. He was slinging it, right? He was, he was getting all the people that he needed. He had 305 passing yards, two 100-yard receivers. Uh, he had three different receivers for touchdowns. He did connect with, I believe it was six total different receivers, so not as many as, I mean, you've seen from Jaron Hall. I think Jaron Hall, in some of his games, he was connecting with nine or ten receivers. Didn't see a catch from Keanu Hill. Didn't see a catch from um, Samson Nakua. um, Didn't see um, some of those guys, um, I mean, even Dallin Holker. um, Some of those guys that you maybe expect just from previous games to get a catch, or even um, getting Lopa out of the backfield. You saw Tyler Algier catch one pass for four yards, but um, I was really disappointed more so in the fact that when BYU was getting tired and we were moving the ball, an average of 5.7 yards a carry, Tyler Algier only had 15 carries. Why are we only running the ball 25 times in a game when it could have been one of those times when, okay, well our offense can score fast, but our, our running game is moving the ball. Why not pound the rock a little bit more with the run game and rest those def- uh, the defensive side up a little bit more? so that they come out more fresh on those drives. And if I'm looking back at the game, um, I think that might be partly on um, Aaron Roderick. It also partly might be on Baylor um, finding the right guy <laughs> deep and, and having some of those big plays. Like we want those big plays, but it's also kind of like game management and understanding um, both aspects of that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the run games, obviously that's going to be an Aaron Roderick decision top down, but um Baylor was finding guys deep. Um, the the long pass for the touchdown to to Gunner, um, the long um, touchdown pass. Um, I believe it was a touchdown pass. The, no, it was a the long bomb to Gunner earlier in the game, and then the uh, other long bomb uh, to Puka to Puka down the sideline for the fifty five yarder. Um, but I, I just think, I mean, he can sling it. I'm really impressed with them. I'm really excited for what they can bring. But I really hope they they rely heavily on that run game aspect because. I I think the four deep for BYU with having Algier, having um, Lopa, and then having McChesney and, um, I mean, Hinkley-Rapati, I think the four deep there at their running back position, they could really bleed some clock and still get the offensive production that that they've been looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Tyler Algier, there's no doubt really anymore that he's not one of the best running backs in the country. And then, like you said, you know, right behind him, Katoa, he could be a starter at just dozens and dozens of teams, coast to coast. Yeah, and you know that was kind of the problem for me too. You know, when your defense is on the field for thirty-five minutes of the game, there's just going to be injuries. It's just yep. going to happen. Defenses be active. Defenses rapid twitch. Uh, typically, you'll see more injuries defensively than um, offensively, uh, for situations like this uh but yeah to your point you know how do you solve that because you're going from a completely different style qb you know you're going yep. from the rpo Jaron hall take what you know chunks here and there move it down methodically to baylor Romney, who's the gunslinger yep and that is the side effect that is the downside of losing the guy who came out number one after fall Camp, the guy who was number one for, for three games to kick off this season. And it's just something BYU is going to have to adjust to because uh, the way Jaron plays, there is a good chance we have, we have not seen the last of Baylor Romney this season. Yeah. And yep. c- conflicting differences that they uh, bring, the two respective different types of QBs. We saw it against South Florida. It completely changes the pace of the offense. And consequently, you have Tyler Algier only getting 15 carries. That is something BYU coaching staff has to figure out, is how to adjust the pace when you have someone like Baylor Omni taking the snaps.
0: Yep, and 100%. I think Utah State poses a totally different challenge for them this week because like you mentioned, um, like we mentioned earlier, the speed from Florida is something that – Utah State has speed, but it's not the same at the quarterback position. Um, They do have really speedy receiver and and Devin Tompkins, but Logan Bonner is the gunslinger. He he is um, their Baylor Romney. And then Andrew Peasley is more of kind of like the dual threat, but Peasley's not as accurate with his arm. Um, And it looked like Logan Bonner got hurt in the Utah State game early on, and it'll be interesting to see if. BYU is seeing um, Logan Bonner or if they're seeing Peasley. But either way, that they'll have enough game film on, on the two of them. And then it's just a matter of, okay, is if Jaron Hall is healthy, I, I think they have the game manager plus all the, the accuracy and the ability to have the RPO. It kind of just opens up all the doors to him again. But if it is going to be, um, I mean, if we are going to play Baylor again and, and Baylor is um, the one who gets the start, they just need to be able to manage that, like you said. Yeah, in the ball use that um, running back screen that torched Utah State a couple years ago. I think Utah State has some great defenders. Um, whether it's Shack Bond or whether it's um, Rice, I can't remember his first name. It might be Justin Rice, the linebacker that transferred over with Blake Anderson. But yeah, Justin Rice. That, that's that's yeah, nice. ju- And I'm just thinking BYU has some opportunities to take advantage of. Um, a team that's very assignment sound, but not as speedy, um, e- even as South Florida or Arizona state or Utah. I mean, Utah's defense, Utah and Arizona state had probably the two best defenses that the BYU seen this season. I don't think Utah state's defense is, is up to that. The line for the, um, the BYU Utah state game is at 8.5 points for BYU right now. Um, so they're saying it's, um, I mean, a touchdown, just a barely over a touchdown win. And I think that could be very accurate. I I selected BYU to win this game 38-17. So I think it is going to be a little bit more space between it. But if it turned out to be, I mean, uh, an eight, nine point win, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's going to be a a really hard fought game and the Cougars are going to have to come in locked and loaded. Um, I mean, it's a rivalry game and and it's one of those games that you just can't overlook because anything can happen. And I I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too optimistic that the BYU will will take advantage of their defense and and have a really good defensive performance after what we saw this weekend.
1: No, I mean I think you have a lot of reason to be optimistic there. Um, you know, I think Utah State is laying the groundwork to do some pretty special things within the next year or two. Um, I feel like. Anytime you have a new head coach who comes in and you know brings in his kudo back, well, it's because he's not quite comfortable just completely bring, implementing the system that he wants. So once you know he is com- once he is comfortable with his guys knowing his system, Utah State is gonna it's gonna do some big things. But that's still a couple years away. This year's Utah State team they were exposed in a lot of ways against Boise State. Um, they did, you know, kind of shoot themselves in the foot from time to time. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. You know, this is a game that I see BYU does have an advantage, and uh, the opening line is eight and a half. I think BYU does cover that. I think it's going to be one of those uh, ten to thirteen point games. I mean, it's all said and done next week and next weekend in Logan.
0: Yeah, I, I hope that. I mean, my. My biggest takeaway for for going into Utah State is they need a control time of possession. Um, I think the Aggies have done a really good job of staying on the field and having long drives. Um, But they they can also strike quick. Um, We need to make sure that um, we're mixing up the coverages. It can't always be zone. It can't always be the bend and don't break. I think um, a lot of it needs to be pressure. We need to get sacks that we didn't get this game. Um, against South Florida. There are plenty of opportunities to sack Timmy McLean, um, where he was just so fast that he could get away. And I don't think Logan Bonner or Andrew Peasley has that same speed. I think if BYU can do what they did with locking down the receivers, I think your, your guys, um, Mariner, um, um, Toyote Mariner, or um, M- Manguson or Nielsen, if they do end up starting, or Haas, whoever it is that ends up starting, if it is Mahe and it is, batty and, and all them that we need and, and want back, then great. But I think the pressure, if, if it can get there um, like it was and actually make the tackle, um, that's kind of my keys to the game. And then just keep up the offensive pressure. Keep scoring on every drive. Um, mm-hmm. Get into the red zone and, and score points. Don't get, um, don't let the the flipping the field with um, a block field goal or um, a punt that goes to the end zone that, that should have been down inside the five allow a momentum swing. You know what I mean? Just kind of those game controlling, time controlling things. But those are kind of my takeaways. What would be your your keys to the game to to beat the Aggies this weekend in Logan?
1: So it's gonna be matchups. It's all gonna be about matchups. Uh Devin Tompkins from Utah State, he is special. You know, you don't just back into twenty nine catches and five hundred yards um, all within four games. You know, uh, so a lot of it's going to be depending on just isolating the Utah State playmakers, guys like Thompson's, uh, guys like McGriff, and eliminating those playmakers would be a big key game, a big key for me if BYU wants to win this game. Uh, Pound for pound, you know, when it comes down to depth, I give the advantage to BYU. So... If you can eliminate the big plays from Utah State, and by that I mean eliminate the big playmakers, it's gonna—you know—we need to see the health status of Keenan Ellis, Isaiah Hearn, because I mean, after Utah State, it only gets even tougher. Boise State, of course, has uh, Khalil Shakur, one of the best receivers in the country. Yep, um, that's my big key for BYU if they want to be Utah State: is contain the playmakers and keep. Keep everything right in front of you, and if they can do that, uh, this is a game that BYU is going to win.
0: Yeah, well, I I should mention this too because obviously we couldn't stop the run in the second half against South Florida. Calvin Tyler Junior is no no pushover. Sixty seven carries. I, I should have mentioned Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, oh, you're <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and they are deep. I mean, they have some some really good running backs that have come from all over and. They, I mean, if I can tip my hat to one thing from Blake Anderson. He has brought talent in from all over the, the transfer portal, whether it be Miami with their defensive end or um, the Pac-12. I think it was UCLA. Um, and then all the guys he brought from Arkansas State, some other P5 and, and G5 guys that have really made this roster. They joined in the summer after I watched the spring game. In the spring game, I'm thinking, I don't know what this Aggie team's going to be. And then I'm watching them play now and all these guys that joined they bought into that system and they, they really do believe. I think it's harder to come back and win after a loss. I, I think um, like they always say it, you'd rather learn from a win than a loss. And I think that's something BYU needs to take care of the run game. Don't let 174 rushing yards and then get, to get pressure on the quarterback after locking down that aspect of the game. And I think we'll be in a good, a really good spot. I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I love going up to Logan. I've had some really rough experiences there with the student section. I've had some really awesome experiences. Um, But one cool thing that we're doing this week, we have a special rivalry podcast, just like we did a couple weeks ago um, with the Holy War pod. Um, This week, we're going to do a a podcast for the old wagon wheel. Um, We're going to have five or six Utah State fans on, and then we're going to have five or six BYU fans on. And we're going to have some open forum um, debate questions. And then that'll post on on Friday morning with our uh, rivalry special. So uh, we were going to have Calvin on for that, but we're grateful to have him on tonight since um, the the schedules didn't line up uh, and everything there. Um, But other than that, I just want to touch base quickly on this women's um, name, image, and likeness deal similar to what Built did for the football team. But um, this is just from Smarty Streets um and what were your thoughts on on that calvin just just quickly i think it's phenomenal
1: i think it's huge news um for everyone who has a problem with name image, image likeness and i think everyone could, should say they had some doubts right yeah um, everyone had some doubts everybody had some well, what if this happens what if that happens and yeah, you know, to be honest, there's a few of those what-ifs that have yet to be determined. But one of the biggest what-ifs was, what about the women? You know, what about the non-revenue? What about the Olympics, uh, the Olympics boots? Um, and in one fell swoop, uh, Smurdy Street comes in and says, well, that's not going to be a problem, at least not at BYU. And I think it's fantastic. I think... Uh, women's sports don't get the respect they need because these are incredible athletes and they deserve to get paid.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for them. Um, it was cool. They kind of um, followed that that platform built um, did with, hey, you guys stand up, walk on stand up, um, swimming, gymnastics. Like they went through all the, the, the ropes there and it made me really excited. Just what BYU can do with name, image and likeness that I don't think everybody in the country can do. And this has to be one of our, our greatest recruiting points and tools that we need to use for years to come. Um, when we can say, you know, we have local businesses here in the Silicon Slopes or, um, you know what I mean, local companies that have really just grown and, and taken off because they're really good brands and, and really good at culture building. Um, and they're willing to foot the bill for our college athletes because they're former BYU students or they're just BYU fans that, that really want to give back. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what it can do for women's athletics, um, whether it's soccer, all the other sports that we already mentioned, cross-country, every single sport on campus, um, women's sports um, are getting that. And I think it's, it's groundbreaking. I'm really, really excited to to see what comes of it in the long term.
1: Absolutely amazing. And, you know, just goes to show you the value of a BYU education. Come back yeah. and pay for <laughs> Tons and tons of kids school. it's it,
0: <laughs> love to see it. i love to see it. Yeah, it's it's really awesome as a fan and, and everything that way. But Calvin, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us and, and kind of going over some of the takes from South Florida, getting into Baylor and, and talking a little bit about that. And then everything that we talked about with, with Utah State coming up, I'm really excited to see this game this weekend in Logan. Um, don't forget again to join us for that um, rivalry podcast on Friday. It's going to be a really fun listen. Um, we had a lot of Um, great Utah State and BYU fans um, that are going to jump on with us. So um, we'll be getting more information on that. But in the meantime, um, thank you, Calvin. Go Cougs and uh, keep repping the Y, man.
1: (laughs) Go Cougs. Thanks for having me, Jake.